0: AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me again today. We, uh, I'm pleased to say that we are back in our home after spending 39 days in a motel as a result of tornado damage to our house and the rest of our property. And we still have a long ways to go. We have a new roof on the house now, and there's supposed to be a crew coming by today to fix the ceiling, we repair the ceiling in my home office, which is, we had to top up one of our trees come through there, and so we've got power to most of our house, we have water now, we're far from being back to normal, we still have a lot of work to do around here, a lot of trees still down, a lot of damage to, well my garage is totaled, my six car enclosed garage is still totaled, and uh, they're going to have to basically carry it down and start all over again. And we're still adding up the losses uh, to personal property and that sort of thing. But so far, insurance is coming through pretty good for us. And uh, I have to say the USAA has been Johnny on the spot. That's the insurance for military personnel and families and veterans. And uh, they've been real good. They, uh, my pickup truck, which was broken in half by a fallen tree, uh, they came out with an Two days and told, declared it total and, and within a week I had the, they paid me almost as much as I had paid for the truck four years ago. So I was very surprised with that, very pleased. But we have a lot of work left, left to do. Uh, our total damage at this point is estimated to be about $90,000. But compared to our next door neighbor on the next property over, uh, they've already spent 225000 trying to restore their house, which was bigger than ours, but suffered a lot more damage than ours did. They lost their entire roof, and most of the interior was destroyed. So they've got a long process to rebuild. And some of the places out here, I don't know if they're ever going to try to rebuild them, because some of these houses were totally destroyed, nothing left but foundations and debris. debris. By the way, we had a crew from the Mormon Church in uh, Frisco, Texas come out on Saturday, 15 volunteers to help us clean up debris on our property because our fairly sizable piece of property, including a mat pasture and a lot of woods. And we had about 50 trees down from this F5 tornado. And, but we also had parts of other people's houses. We had trees that, huge trees that we have no idea where they came from that ended up on our property. We had Parts of barns and you name it. So there was a lot of debris to pick up, but we are, we're survivors. We made it through and uh, we're blessed that the damage wasn't worse. And thanks for all of you out there who have offered your prayers and your support and been following me on Facebook and, you know, my blog and, uh, just let us know that you're Best wishes and prayers are with us, because that means a lot. And while, while I'm on the subject, a little, just a few minutes before the show started, uh, we had a knock on the door, and it was uh, one of the leaders of the Minuteman Disaster Response Team. And if you follow my blog at www.michaelconnolly, c-o-n-n-e-l-o-y dot j-i-g-s-y dot com, You'll find that the article I wrote about the tornado, i mentioned this group. As I said, they're out of Kinney, Texas, and they were here on our property within 24 hours after the tornado. And they brought in chainsaws and heavy equipment, and they cleared the front of our property. I mean, two tough days of work, cutting large trees into smaller pieces, uh, getting those pieces and when I say smaller, I'm still talking about pieces that weigh 1,000 pounds a piece, but getting them to the road so eventually the county can pick them up, and they just did a remarkable job for us. And you can go to their website, and again, it's Minuteman Disaster Response Team out of McKinney, Texas, and donate to those guys, because this was, we weren't charged a penny for any of this. In fact, we've had at least four teams from volunteers come out and come on our property and work and charge us nothing in fact one one thing that happened right after the day after the tornado when they were cutting us out of here so we could even get out of our house the uh, a volunteer fireman from another town in texas in east texas showed up at our door along with, along with his family and they had chainsaws and they were with another group of volunteers and they started helping cut us out and I had my emergency generator I right, pulled out of what was left in my garage it it survived completely the generator did surprisingly when most everything else was destroyed but I was setting that up so I could try to save uh what we had in our refrigerator in the house we lost everything we had in the freezers out in the garage but uh, He asked me if I needed gas for the uh, generator. And I said, well, I was in pretty good shape with gas. I had quite a bit stored, but I probably would need more because I to run the generator for most of the day every day. And he said, well, give me a gas can or two. And so I gave him a five-gallon gas can, and he left. And about two hours later, he came back. See, all the power was out in the town of Canton, which is where we live, right outside of Canton, and all the power was out around this area, he had driven 35 miles to find a gas station that was open. And he had filled up that can of gas, brought it back, and then refused me to allow me to pay him for it. So, you know, that's just the type of thing that, that's happened here. And as I mentioned in my, and I'm writing another blog article about this because it's important, I live... We live in the real America. We had all these volunteers show up. We had people from Jewish groups, from United Methodist groups, from Baptist groups, from Church of Christ groups. We had foremans. We had all these people show up from different synagogues and and temples and churches all over Texas. We had firemen come in Volunteer firemen and regular firemen from all over Texas. We had police coming in to help protect us from looters, although I was told by one of the church people that you only would hear this in East Texas, probably, but uh, we were picking up a few necessary supplies at one of the distribution centers because primarily tools, because I lost all my tools. And uh, one of them said, you know, we've had reports of looters in your area. You better, better strap on your pistol. So (laughs) I did. And I walked around with my, my pistol and holster strapped on me for quite a few days just to let potential looters know that in East Texas, we don't put up with that sort of thing. You try to, you get caught looting property. I'm not going to call the police. I'm just going to shoot you. And that's, that's pretty much the philosophy here. But, the looting dropped off quickly when police departments and sheriff's officers from all the state sent in units to help patrol. So we had all that coming in. We had volunteers, just individual volunteers coming in. And this is what was so remarkable about it. Nobody asked me what religion I was. Nobody asked me who I voted for in the 2016 election. Nobody asked me about my party, political party affiliation. There was one question that was asked by everybody, and that was, what what can we do to help? That's what the real America is all about, and it's out there. Now, you won't hear about it or see it on most of your major news media, because that's not, not a story. You know, they're fine coming in and reporting the disaster and saying that, you know, it's been a bad disaster, but then they, they leave and they're done. They don't report to the aftermath. They don't report what people go through. And they don't report the unsung heroes that come out of nowhere to come help rescue their fellow Texans, their fellow Americans. And that's the only criteria. Not your political affiliation, not your religious affiliation. None of that mattered. What mattered was what can we do to help. And that's important to know that we still have that in this country. And, you know, we're we're still getting, it's been six over six weeks since that F5 tornado hit us. And we're still getting people showing up at our door, just wanting to know if we need any help. Do we need water? No, we got plenty of water now. Do we need food? No, we got plenty of food. Do we need cleanup? Yeah, we still need some of that. And people are coming out to help. And it's hot in Texas right now. It's getting hotter. And we had the, this Mormon group. They had uh, some Boy Scouts with them. Mormons are big on Boy Scouting. And there were some Boy Scouts, a Couple, one of them Eagle Scouts. And, of course, that was a big connection for me because I'm an Eagle Scout and all four of my sons were Eagles. And I was Scoutmaster of the biggest troop in Louisiana for nine years. And they came out and they just worked themselves half to death. They went into my pasture and they picked up debris. It took them a couple hours, but they got a lot of debris out of there. And, like I said, most of it wasn't even from our house or... Even my neighbor's house, as far as I could tell, it could have been from miles away. But I just wanted to mention that again. And I want to mention the Minuteman Disaster Relief Team. You said also all the church groups. that You know, they rely on donations. They don't charge us anything. Uh, We had one crew come in from Louisiana, United, United Methodist Church. Out of Louisiana and ask them where they were from and they were from Clinton, Louisiana which just happens to be the home of the Boy Scout camp where I used to take my scout troop Camp Avondale so it was remarkable and we are still feeling very very blessed by the fact that we had all that, that help so just donate to those type of groups, donate to the Minutemen Disaster Response Team out of McKinney, Texas Because these guys were remarkable. And they probably saved us based on all of the trees that had to be cut up and moved, based on all the debris that had to be picked up. If we had had to pay for all of that, we probably would have had to spend at least $20,000 out of our own pocket. Because insurance will cover some tree removal and that sort of thing. But they don't do it all. we had a lot of money saved to us by the response we got and the help we got. So if you get a chance, donate. And I've made it my priority that from now on, if there's a disaster that happens somewhere else that does not affect me, one way or the other, I'm going to help. And I've done this in the past, but now I feel even a new commitment to go and help personally if I can, to send money, if that's all I can do, but to do something, because that's what America is all about. Let's take our first break now.
2: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: Coming soon, only on AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. The Insurance Deal.
3: or your loved one, can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
1: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: I want to talk now about the, the shooting this morning that occurred in Alexander, Virginia. And Alexander is an area that I'm, I'm very familiar with. been there many times, particularly when I was doing a lot of work in Washington, D.C., and... It's a beautiful area. And it was the home this morning of something that should really be very innocuous. Some people practicing for a baseball game. This happened to be a baseball game between the Republicans and Democrats in Congress. And it's a annual event, it's been going on for over a hundred years now. And they use the event to raise and I think last year they raised a million dollars for the boys' and girls' clubs in the D.C. area and for other charitable purposes. And the Republicans were out there practicing, and a man showed up and opened fire with a semi-automatic weapon, an AK-47, and he shot Congressman Steve Scalise from Louisiana, who is a majority whip, and House of Representatives. He shot several other people. The only thing that prevented an all-out massacre was the fact that Steve Scalise has his own security detail because he's one of the leaders in the House. And they just, they happened to be with him for this practice. Normally, if he had not been there, they would not have been there. And the other members of Congress who were out there and staff members would have been defenseless. And of course, that's what cowards like this guy, rely on is defenseless people. But they weren't defenseless completely because there were two Capitol police officers there who risked their own lives and shot and killed this guy. And one or maybe both of them were injured, both the police officers. These are the heroic people who defend the lives of members of Congress. And my understanding is that the congressman is going to be okay ultimately. He was shot in the hip. He had to go through surgery. But hopefully, ultimately, he will be okay and be back to work. And everyone else who was injured will be okay. And thankfully, the SOB that did this is dead. Now, the response from President Trump, I thought, was very thoughtful, non-political praising the police officers, and saying that America had to come together. The response from many of the members of Congress was the same thing. But then you had Governor Terry McAuliffe of Virginia, who is apparently planning his own run for president down the road, who came out to use this as two-for for political purposes, and came out and said, well, we have too many guns on the streets. We have to have more gun control. That would prevent this. Well, this guy that did the shooting was some apparently madman, although he was very political. He had been for years. He was very critical of the Republican Party. He had been a big supporter of Bernie Sanders and worked in his campaign, as a matter of fact, and had been posting things on his Facebook page about how he hated Donald Trump and how Trump needed to be destroyed, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so, you know, it was strictly political for this guy. But he came from Illinois. That's a state that has very strict gun control. He bought the weapon apparently legally. And he brought the weapon with him into D.C. And he used the weapon to try to kill people. He specifically asked somebody that was walking away from the practice at the time, are these people out here practicing in the baseball field Republicans or Democrats? He was totally Republicans, and so he opened fire. And that's the response of people like Terry McAuliffe. Use this for politics. Use this to disarm honest, law-abiding Americans. Thank God there were Capitol policemen there. Because, see, in Terry McAuliffe's state in Virginia, the gun control laws are not as strict as in other places, but in D.C. they're very strict. So none of these members of Congress were carrying weapons. None of their staff members had concealed weapons on them. If they had had those weapons, there would have been even more return fire on this man if they hadn't had him and they didn't have him and the Capitol Police had not been there Rand Paul put it best it would have been a massacre because basically you had a bunch of people unarmed trapped inside a baseball field which was surrounded by chain link fence and they couldn't really escape so a massacre was prevented this morning And it's a type of massacre that can only be prevented by Americans who are armed and able to defend themselves. That's why we don't need more gun control. We need more people out there who have concealed weapons permits, or in some places now they can carry concealed weapons without a permit, who are armed and trained and willing to defend themselves and defend other Americans but you still have your liberals saying, no, the way to solve this is to disarm everybody but the criminals and the terrorists. Because, you know, your criminals and your terrorists, they aren't going to obey the gun laws. They don't go fill out those forms to purchase a weapon legally and know they're going to be a background check. That's not what they do. They steal the weapons or they buy them on the streets. And then, by the way, that brings up something interesting that uh, David and I were talking about before the show, and that is that in Washington State, and this is going fairly unreported in the news media, there have been a series of break-ins of gun stores. These are happening at night. They're running a vehicle into the stolen vehicle into the store. They're going in. They're grabbing guns, and this is all type of type of firearms. In Washington of course has strict gun control and one reporter left-wing reporter was lamenting that these guns may be used for nefarious purposes they might end up in the hands of criminals well hello they're already in the hands of criminals because the people that stole them are criminals They're not going to set up a gun store down the road and sell these weapons legally. These could be be funneled to terrorists. They can be used by drug cartels. They can be used by a lot of different criminals out there. And that's another reason the American people need to be armed. Now the response, for the most part, except for the political stuff like McAuliffe, the response has been very, very positive by people, calling for more unity, less acrimony on the political level. But you have the so-called Antifa, the anti-fascist group. On their official website, their official Facebook page, they were praising the shooter, calling him a hero, and saying that As far as the shooting of the congressman and other fascist Republicans, and they posted a picture of some people holding up a banner that said, the only good fascist is a dead fascist. Well, first of all, these people don't even know what a fascist is because they're the ones that are practicing fascism and Nazism, not people who are out playing baseball, not elected representatives. But these are the guys that that you see the clips of, when they have demonstrations at Berkeley where they're trying to shut down free speech. And they have demonstrations where they're trying to, to keep people on campuses from being able to exercise their rights to free speech. And these are the guys that run around in masks, with hoods, so that they can't be identified, and they run, they run around armed with everything from knives to axes, to Hammers, to, in the case of one college professor who was an active member of this group and who beat somebody almost senseless with a bicycle chain, you know, they're cowards. And if any of you people are listening out there, I think you are the worst form of cowards. I have watched you at demonstrations, a so-called protests, where somebody would be, there'd be a small group of people, pro-Trump people, pro free speech people and like you would circle them like a pack of wolves and then you rush in a couple of you grab one person usually the smallest person you could find and somebody who was unarmed and you would pull them out and you would start beating them trying to beat them senseless and you'd be four or five of you on one person you are a bunch of lousy cowards and I am fed up with you and let me tell you this. Here's the deal. I'm an old veteran, Vietnam-era veteran, and I'm madder than hell. Now, if you punks want to actually make a fight of it, I'll get another nine of my veteran friends, and the ten of us will take on a hundred of you right here in the pasture on my ranch. Anytime you're ready, we will take you on to any location where you're ready, and you can throw show up with your hoods and your mask and whatever weapons you want to carry, and we will whip your butts. And that's a formal challenge. Just let me know. You can find me on Facebook. Let me know if you've got the guts to come for 100 of your people against 10 military veterans, 10 Americans. Like I said, we will kick your butts. And we won't be standing there with hoods on. We won't be standing there with our faces covered or hidden. I'll be standing there with my U.S. Army veterans baseball cap on. And most of the other veterans will probably be doing the same. But I have no doubt that, you know, if I put out the call, I can get many veterans to respond. Some of them will be old farts like me. Some of them may be young guns. Push back from Afghanistan but the bottom line is we're willing to defend our country and willing to do so in the light of day we don't hide behind masks we don't hide behind vicious rhetoric we're telling you that we're fed up with your antics we're fed up with your cowardice so either have the guts to come face us or go back into your safe rooms, cover your teddy bears, and try to color within the lines of your coloring books. Otherwise, just let me know when and where, and we'll make it happen. Let's take our second break.
4: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with E-Verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: Coming soon, only on AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. The insurance deal.
4: With all the back and forth in today's politics... It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
2: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: I'm oh, sorry about my rant ladies and gentlemen but I'm getting fed up with this I'm fed up with the cowards that that hide behind masks I'm getting fed up with the cowards in the media that use their positions to try to launch assaults on freedom of speech and uh, second amendment freedoms in this country freedom of religion and you know it's happening all over in our college campuses our high schools I don't know if you heard about the recent situation in New Jersey where Two students went to have their yearbook pictures taken, and both of them were wearing pro-Trump t-shirts. And another one of the students, who was the freshman class president, the class presidents of each class are allowed to put a quote under their picture in the, the yearbook from somebody they admire. Well, she put, wanted a quote from Donald Trump under her name. When the yearbook came out, the two students who were wearing the Trump T-shirts, their pictures had been cropped to remove the Trump T-shirts, so you couldn't see them. And the quote of a freshman, of from, from Donald Trump, was left out. Well, this is clearly censorship. This is clearly a violation of free speech. The school, and this was a school in, in Wall, New Jersey, the school admitted... And the district admitted the only way that you can censor something like that would be if they were wearing a T-shirt advocating violence or advocating the use of drugs or alcohol. So now they're investigating into why this happened. And apparently one teacher has already been suspended. She was the advisor for, for the yearbook group, and she probably had a part in this. But this is not unusual. This is happening all over. You have the left targeting everybody who disagrees with them. And the targeting targeting is getting vicious. You have groups like Antifa calling for us to be killed. You have groups like or people like Terry McAuliffe calling for us to be disarmed. You have college professors calling for people to be silenced. And, of course, there's been the ongoing incident at Evergreen College in Washington State. Washington State is one of the most notoriously liberal states in the country. And this college, black students demanded that there be a day of absence on the campus, where no whites would be allowed on the campus. Now, this is not a predominantly black university. This is just a liberal arts university, a very liberal university, by the way. And not just in the arts, but... They demanded that all the professors, all the other faculty members, all the white students stay off the campus for a particular day. Well, one white professor who happened to be Jewish said he wasn't going to do that, that that was a form of discrimination. That was segregation. That was something that he had fought against. This guy was was a liberal Democrat. He had voted for Barack Obama. He had fought against segregation of the races all of his life, and now he's being told that he's got to segregate that he's being banned from a college campus. Well, he hadn't been back on the campus for a while because of the death threats. And the chief of the campus police has told him that they can't protect him. Why? Because the campus administration has told them, the police, not to protect this man. Now, a large group of these liberal professors on campus who've all meekly abided by this, if they were white, they, they skulked off quietly. and and hid in their safe rooms, you know, because some black students had told them to do this. Now they're calling on this professor to to be punished, to lose his job, because he dared to stand up for free speech. He dared to stand up against racial segregation. He dared to do what all of these other professors claim to be doing, and that is defending freedom. He was actually doing it but he wasn't doing it in the way they wanted him to do it. So they want him punished. And they will probably get their wedding. But that's what's happening on the college campuses. And then you have the, the vicious media and Hollywood celebrities. You know, these so-called Hollywood elites that join the East Coast elites, the Harvard graduates. They're the ones that know better for us what we need they consider us the unwashed masses we're too dumb to know how to spend our own money we're too dumb to have be allowed to have free speech because we don't know what we're talking about if we say something that they don't agree with we're certainly too dumb to be allowed to own firearms and we shouldn't be allowed to have freedom of religion because they don't believe in a religion of any kind so if they don't believe in any religion at all nobody should be allowed to believe in God and obviously they can't believe in freedom of religion. So you have vicious attacks. You have Kathy Griffin, who I never considered to be a funny comedian at all. I always thought she was a loser. But she comes out, she has a picture of herself taken, holding what looks like the severed head of Donald Trump covered in blood. Apparently that was her salute to ISIS because that's what they do with people. They cut off their heads and they hold them up covered in blood. Now I guess she thinks that's cool. So maybe she's just a supporter of ISIS. I don't know, but but I maybe she's just a dumb redhead. Or maybe she's just a vicious liberal. Anyway, she was all upset over the back. She apologized for it after it came out because of the backlash. Even from a lot of liberals were totally disgusted by this thing. But... Then Kathy Griffin gets an attorney and starts crying at a news conference about how she's a victim here, that the Trump family is bullying her because of what she did. Sorry, Kathy, you're not the victim. You're just dumb, and you're vicious, and you're mean-spirited, and you did something that was incredibly stupid, and you're now losing most of your performance gigs and your sponsorships as well as you should. And then we have the play in the Shakespeare in the Park in New York City, where last night at the first performance of Julius Caesar, it's not Julius Caesar, it's a performance about Donald Trump being assassinated. And at the point of the play where a group of minorities and women are slaughtering Donald Trump with knives. And it's obviously Donald Trump and the way he's dressed and the way the appearance. The crowd just stands up and cheers. They give it a standing ovation. CNN calls it a masterpiece. Delta Airlines says, nah, not really. They withdrew their sponsorship. So did Bank of America. American Express is still sponsoring it. So maybe that'll make some people think have second thoughts about having an American Express card. But that's the type of thing that the left is putting out. That's the type of thing that the media is putting out. Like I said, they're calling this guy who killed or tried to kill members of Congress this morning a hero. he wasn't a hero he was a coward he went to a place where he thought everybody was going to be unarmed and he could shoot them down this is what the terrorists have been doing in Europe not just shooting people down but mowing them down with trucks and cars carving them up with knives yet we still have the apologist out there saying well we shouldn't categorize these people necessarily as terrorists just because they're Yelling Allah Akbar if they slaughter people. They're saying the real problem is that they're uneducated and they're poor. Well, the fact of the matter is that most of the terrorists who have been identified in these acts in Europe over the last year have actually been well educated and in some cases very affluent. Hardly the poor people that they're trying to describe. So we have a situation in this country where the left is preaching hate. The left is not only preaching hate, they are actively encouraging hate, they're actively encouraging violence. How many members of the mainstream media have come out and called what Antifa is doing as wrong? Called them out for being violent, for being brutal, for being anti-free speech and anti-religion. Have you heard any of the national news media do that? Not many. They just sort of say, well, these are protests. They have a right to protest. Well, I told them that what they have a right to do. Come meet me and some of my fellow veterans and try to exercise your rights to hide behind masks and carry weapons and use them on unarmed people. I think the American people are getting fed up. And I think they're showing that they're getting fed up by the reaction to things like Kathy Griffin and the reaction, for the most part, to this play in the Shakespeare of the Park. Can you imagine what would have happened if that play had been conducted and the person being slaughtered was Barack Obama? somebody who looked like a Barack Obama who was black, that that thing would have been shut down in a matter of hours. And probably everybody who was involved arrested. We don't have to put up with that. We don't have to listen to that nonsense. We don't have to sponsor that nonsense. How is that, that play still going on with a lot of sponsors pulling out? Well, the city of New York... Is paying for it, quote unquote. That means taxpayers are paying for it. And that's what the left is best at, using taxpayer money to push their own political agenda, even when the taxpayers don't want that agenda to be pushed. And that's the way they're playing the game. And that's what we're facing. Come kind of to my website, I'm gonna, you know, now that the dust has settled a little in the tornado situation. I'm going to be trying to write more articles and post more on my Facebook and on my website and talk about some of the issues at hand. And we'll continue to do, the, do it on this show. And let me know what you think. Let me know what you want me to talk about. Let me know if there's anything, that subjects that you particularly want me to cover on the show. You can find out if you go to my website, www.michaelconnelly.com. Jigzy.com, you can find out how to email me, and also let me know if you want to subscribe to my blog, and uh, if you have subscribed in the past and, and all of a sudden can't get my blog anymore, also email me about that, because we are apparently getting some censorship uh, by certain servers, internet servers, and we're trying to track it down.
4: Located at www.atlantahealingcenter.com.
2: This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that chronic nasal congestion, a decreased sense of smell, and asthma can be signs of allergies? Allergies are caused when the body is exposed to things you breathe in or eat that the body does not like. The body's immune system reacts and attacks it, what it perceives to be the enemy, even if it causes no harm, like pet dander or dust. This leads to swelling. In the nose, this causes congestion. In the bowel, it causes stomach bloating and diarrhea. In the lung, it causes shortness of breath and wheezing. And in the skin, it causes hives and itching. The first line of defense against allergy is avoidance. Dust-proofing, washing pets, and keeping them out of the bedroom can help with environmental causes. For food allergies, keeping a diary of things eaten and reaction to them is helpful. Allergy testing is less time-consuming and is a safe and effective way to identify allergies. For a complete evaluation, you should see your allergy
0: specialist. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: I don't know how many people sat through the session yesterday with Jeff Sessions, our United States Attorney General, who was being grilled by members of the United States Senate Intelligence Committee. And I'm not sure what the heck they were looking for. I don't think they were really looking for anything because the Democrats know there's nothing there. I think they were just looking to make noise about how much they dislike Donald Trump and how much they dislike anybody who works for Donald Trump or anybody who ever voted for Donald Trump or anybody who's ever said anything good about Donald Trump. We're all targets. And I wasn't a Trump supporter from the beginning. I I supported somebody else for President of the United States during the Republican nomination process. But when Trump was nominated when faced with the choice of him and Hillary Clinton, a career criminal, I opted to go with Donald Trump. And now he's president, and I will support him because I like a lot of what he's doing, although I think he could do less Twitter and that sort of thing. But this hearing yesterday, first of all, let me say i got nothing but praise for Jeff Sessions. I think his conduct at the hearing was outstanding. I've always liked the guy. He's been a good United States senator, and I think he'd be a good attorney general if they ever let him do his work as attorney general. But they were going after him because as a United States senator, he apparently on several occasions had brief meetings with somebody involved with the Russian government, which is what United States senators are supposed to do, the cocktail parties are supposed to mingle with foreign dignitaries. They're supposed to talk to foreign dignitaries and representatives of other governments. Also, the one of the senators was all, or several of them, all been in shape because at some point, and he had neglected to mention this when, during his nomination process, he had been in the same room with somebody from the Russian government and had possibly nodded his head toward him in greeting, or said hello. No other interaction. They had no evidence of anything. Yet yesterday, and I thought Sessions handled himself very honorably, he did let himself hit back hard, which is what he needed to do, but he didn't kowtow to these liberal Democratic Senators many of whom, including Mark Warner, who was the head chief Democrat on the committee, wouldn't even allow him to, ask, to answer questions. I mean, he would. they would ask him a direct question, he would try to answer it, they would interrupt him, he would try to answer it again, they would interrupt him again. Why? Because you're only supposed to answer Democrats with what they want to hear. If you're not saying what they want to hear then they want you to shut up. And that's the way they operate on the college campuses. That's the way they operate in the high schools. That's the way they operate in Congress. Do what we tell you, when we tell you, or shut up and go away. Well, this session wasn't doing a very good job of shutting up and going away. He came on strong. And I think he pointed out The stupidity of what's going on in Washington DC. FBI Director Comey, who by the way I think ought to be prosecuted for leaking government documents, which is something that when you take the oath of office to work for the federal government, you promise not to do, you swear you will not do under penalty of law. And if you take you're writing a memorandum about a meeting with the President of the United States on a government computer sitting in the back of a government living limousine. That is a government document. And Comey admitted that he leaked those documents to friends of his who then turned them over to reporters. The man has committed the crime. But Comey, in his testimony, basically said that there was no evidence that he had found of collusion between Donald Trump or any member of the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Did the Russians try to interfere in our election? Yes, they did in the process. I don't think they were attempting to necessarily get anybody particular elected, although Putin doesn't like Hillary Clinton. But then who does like Hillary Clinton? But they did try to interfere in our elections, just like they tried to interfere in the French elections and the British elections elections all around the world. This is what Putin does. And he should be sanctioned for it. But there's no collusion, no proof of collusion has been uncovered during any of the investigations by the Senate committees, by the House committees, by the FBI, by any of our intelligence agencies that there was ever any effort by anybody in the Trump campaign to work with the Russians to undermine Some our lessons. elections. Not strange. one vote was stolen I could I use that they could monitors. find. Not one vote was changed. This is all a red herring. And it's a red herring to allow the liberal Democrats in the Congress and allow the mainstream media to ignore what really needs to be done in this country. By three computers. They want to keep Donald Trump from fulfilling his agenda because his agenda is what the American people want. And remember what I said earlier. We are the unwashed masses. We don't belong in the same room with people like Hillary Clinton or a Lynch or Barack Obama or Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. We're below them. We shouldn't be allowed to feed at the same trough that they feed at. That's the way they look at us. And that's the way they're looking at the Trump administration. The Trump administration is illegitimate because it was elected by the American people to do some things that the Democrats don't want done. We were supposed to do what we were told to do. We were supposed to go with the anointed one. We were supposed to elect Hillary Clinton as president. We were supposed to give the Democrats control of the United States Senate and possibly the House of Representatives. And And we were supposed to do all those things, and we didn't. And they're furious at us. And they're furious at Trump, and they're furious at everybody who works for Trump. And they're going to do anything they can to undermine the Trump presidency. Why? Because they were trying ultimately to undermine our Constitutional Republic. To destroy our Constitution, destroy our Constitutional Republic, and turn us into a socialist paradise so everybody will live happily ever after like the people in Cuba and Venezuela. That's what these idiots have in mind for us. Despite history, despite looking at the fact that socialism has been a failure in every country where it has been tried, it has ultimately failed. And it's ultimately led to deaths and poverty, and riots, and disorder, and massive crime. That's what socialism is, and that's what they want for us, and that's what they're trying to shove down our throats. Hmm. So that's, what that's what we have to hard keep hard. fighting for. Okay. Yesterday I did an interview on a, a show called Southern Sense of South Carolina, and uh, Andrew Bellis is, who runs the show and enjoyed myself very much, She wanted to do a lot of talk about my book, The Rag. I did a lot of talking about it because she had just finished reading reading it, and she thought it was absolutely terrific. And she said it was so scary because of the fact that it pointed out what is still going on in this country today. And it's a patriotic novel, and it talks about what would happen, how our country would be taken over by the dictators, by the socialists, like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Barack Obama, and how we would ultimately turn into a dictatorship where people would be put in camps to be re-educated, where we would ultimately be occupied by foreign armies, and how the American people would ultimately stand up and try to take back their country, exercising their God-given rights under the Second Amendment and the rest of the Constitution. She thought the book is terrific. We talked about it quite a bit, and she recommended that people read the book old podcast and roll on down the street, right? And you can get copies of the book through my website, www.michaelconnelly.gz.com. You can also find the book as a paperback or a hardback on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, virtually any bookseller on the web. You can also find it as an e-book on Barnes & Noble. And a lot of people are ordering it, That like the e-books, are ordering it that way. And you could also, by the way, order copies of my other books the Mortarman, the my during World War II, which has become very, very popular. And the uh, also the uh, books, my booklet on the Constitution, my other patriotic novel, Amigali, A Story of America, my booklet on the Constitution. And you can order those, a hard copy, only through me, through my website. But you can find them as an ebook uh, on Kindle and Amazon, and also as a notebook on uh, Barnes and Noble, and they're only like a dollar ninety nine per copy. So if you want to order any of those, please do so, and please listen to this show and get your friends to do it, and please follow me on my blog at www.michaelconnollyjigsing.com. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to talking to you again next week.